of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ohio State Buckeyes Saturday, 3.30 is kickoff here on WHBC on the road at Maryland to take on the Terrapins. Uh, let's see, 3.30 means a 2 o'clock pregame here on HBC as well. And to break down this game and what went down last night with the college football playoff rankings, let's go to the hotline, bring in the outstanding Buckeyes beat reporter at Bucknuts.com. Follow him on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon. He is Steve Hellwagon. Steve, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing great, guys. What's going on? A lot going on. We've got a high school football awards banquet tomorrow night. we got a big playoff game between Maslin and Lake Friday night. And then, of course, Saturday, the Buckeyes and Maryland, 3.30. And early in the season, Steve, uh, this was a game that I think a lot of people talked about. Hey, can't take Maryland lightly. They can score points. Uh, Tua's brothers playing quarterback for them. Well, they got shut out last week by Penn State, 30 to nothing. And I know the Buckeyes don't want to take them lightly, but has this team regressed from the preseason, uh, you know, I guess, accolades they were getting? Yeah, I think they've had some injuries and some things that kind of caught up with them. They opened the year 6-2, and two, but they've been uh, pretty much grounded here the last two weeks. I think it was 23-10 to 10 they lost at Wisconsin. And then, uh, as you said, this past week, 30 to nothing, uh, they lost at Penn State. And uh, the quarterback, uh, Talia Tagovailoa, was sacked seven times in uh, in that game. So uh, I think that uh, the Buckeyes' defense lines have got to be uh, licking their chops, ready to get after the quarterback this week. And Buckeyes just need to go out to uh, Maryland, take care of business, and, and get ready for the big one. Uh, the following Saturday, it looks like it'll be number two, Ohio State, number three, Michigan, uh, for uh, the Big Ten East Championship. Steve, any chance they're looking ahead of this game on Saturday? Because even Ryan Day was asked, we saw the press conference the other day, we're taking everything one game at a time, but how do you not look past Maryland and start thinking about the big game the week after? Well, I liked what I saw from Ohio State this past week. They played pretty much lights out, I thought, in the win over Indiana. And again, Indiana's season is kind of going by the wayside, as was Northwestern the week before. So these are teams that, that you that you should beat uh, by those type margins. And, and they, they did that last week. They, they took care of business, I think, uh, against Indiana. So now you've got to go on the road and do the same. But Maryland as we talked about, was a pretty good team earlier in the season. They only lost by seven points in the game to Michigan. I believe that game was at Michigan. Uh, they have, uh, have have won more than their share. They beat Michigan State earlier in the season. Michigan State's starting to play some good football once again here at the end of the year. So uh, that's a quality win, and uh, Michigan State will probably be a bowl team. So uh, I don't know. I just look at it, and uh, I say that uh, – you can't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. The last two times they've played Maryland, though, they have just absolutely blown them out of the water. I think uh, scored 60 or 70 points the last two times they've played them. They've, they've won the seven games that they've played in the series by an average of 38 points. So it's kind of like the Rutgers series where you show up and you, and you know you're going to end up with a win. It's just getting from point A to point B and, and, and making it happen on game day. 
And as we all recall, the last time Ohio State visited uh, Maryland, they right. didn't play there in 2020 because of COVID. But, but uh, back in 2018, which was Urban's uh, last year, Ohio State went out there and uh, won the game 52-51 to 51 in overtime. And uh, Maryland missed, uh, I think, on a two-point conversion pass at the end to try and win it. So a uh, heartbreaking loss for them. And, uh, you know, Ohio State was able to pull it out. But generally, it's been uh, pretty clear sailing for the Buckeyes against the Terrapins. Well, they're conditioned at Ohio State. They know that they go into the season and they're playing to win the Big Ten, beat that team up north, win a championship at all costs. So hopefully, and we think, they don't look ahead of this team. But, but Steve, the bigger question really on our minds is, when you look at the depth chart of the running backs right now, what's the pecking order there? Well, you, you raise a good question. I, I don't think we know exactly who is healthy at this point uh, because Travion Henderson's missed the last two games and Mayan Williams uh, left this past game on crutches. And so you figure it's, it's those two guys if, if they're healthy. And then after that, you know, it's anybody's guess who's available. Uh, Dallin Hayden, the freshman, could get the first call. It was Xavier Henderson, that con- or Xavier Johnson, rather, that converted wide receiver, uh, had the 71-yard uh, touchdown run this past week against Indiana. So those two guys may have to, to carry the, the load this week. But uh, Coach Day said he got some pretty good news when the uh, injury report came out uh, Tuesday morning about, uh, you know, where guys and their treatment had come along over the weekend. And he was optimistic that uh, at least uh, one or two one or two of the three, and the other one's Chip Trianum, who who they say would be a running back, but we haven't even really seen him much at running back. He, just as he was getting ready to play, he somehow got hurt. So uh, it's crazy. You guys that aren't even playing are getting hurt. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's a little bit of a walking wounded situation over there. And uh, my belief is they will have uh, what they need uh, to play against the University of Michigan, but you want all hands on deck for that one. Yeah, and, and we're talking with Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts.com, Ohio State at Maryland this week. By the way, Maryland, 4-1 and one at home, much better at home. They're only lost by two points, 2-3 uh, and three on the road. So Buckeyes better not sleep on them just in case. Uh, and that's why JT was asking about the running backs. Are we going to see Xavion Henderson? Doubt we're going to see Mayan Williams, uh, you know, as he was carted off last week. So uh, Dallin Hayden could be the starter with Xavier Johnson, uh, uh, Chip Trainium, uh Those guys, do you think they may take Trevion Henderson dress him, not play him unless they absolutely need to, meaning they fall behind, uh, something along those lines, Steve? You know, that's entirely possible. I think uh, they would like to get him at least a few carries, maybe to shake some of the rust off of him before he goes in sight unseen against the University of Michigan. But again, you know, on our message board, it's crazy. People were like, why was mine Williams still in the game when they had a 28-7 to lead on Indiana in the first half? People are wondering why a starter is still in the game in the first half when he uh, he got rolled up on, it looked like, by an Indiana defender and uh, suffered, it appeared to be a right ankle injury of some sort. So, um, you know, I can't, you know, speak to the severity of it other than he didn't come back in the game and he was walking around with a boot and had crutches and whatever. But, you know, this guy leaves the, game, leaves the stadium one week with a sling on his arm because of his wrist, and he's back playing the next week. I mean, it's like he's indestructible uh, at some point. But uh, at any rate, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. And, and again, they're darned if they play him and darned if they don't. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. We, we always want to second-guess everything that happens. But, 
you know, uh, I think the most important thing is that everybody gets through this week healthy and, uh, you know, win the game and, uh, you know, just take it from there. That's all that they can really do. Any new news on Jackson Smith in Jigba, or is this a guy that uh, if he is going to return, they're not, not going to roll him out there until the Michigan game uh, the following week? Yeah, I honestly haven't heard anything new uh, regarding uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Um, he, uh, Coach Day was asked about him, said he had no real new update on him uh, when he spoke yesterday. And, uh, you know, in recent weeks, when we've been at practice to do interviews or whatever, it doesn't even seem like he's been practicing. But uh, potentially he may try and give it a go. I don't know. Next week against Michigan, that may be the, the target date for him to try and come back. And, again, how do you drop a guy into the, in there who hadn't been in the flow in eight weeks? I don't know how that works. And, and they tried it once before, and it didn't go very well. So um, I don't know. I, I guess we'll have to, to, to take a wait-and-see posture on that and just keep our eyes and ears open. And, uh, you know, see if he's in uniform this week at Maryland or, you know, maybe surprisingly shows up and his, his, his hamstring has finally responded or whatever, and, and he's able to go. But, uh, again, a lot of uncertainty. I mean, they just – it's not like the NFL where media can attend practice and they have to fill out an injury report or whatever. They, they have come to the point now where they just tell you two hours before the game who is and who isn't playing, and that's it. So yeah. that's all we really know. You know, we were talking to Jeff Logan a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember what it was. The 200 club where you rush for 200 and pass for 200. And when you do that all the time, you're going to win the games. I forget exactly the number, but over the last couple of weeks, we were a little bit nervous about our running attack. And I think that took away from if there was any other focus in your Ryan Day that you wanted to work on with this team, it might have been the secondary. Has that taken the pressure as we look at this team off the secondary, and how do you feel they performed over the last three or four weeks as a defensive as a whole? Yeah, it's been crazy back there, too. Denzel Burke, uh, the cornerback, he missed the game this past week due to some sort of an injury. And so, again, you're throwing it out there for whoever's available, and lo and behold, here comes Cameron Brown, who had played all the way back, I think, to the Michigan State game. He had missed three or four games in a row, and now he starts. And he played pretty well. He did give up one touchdown where their 6-6 tight end kind of went up over him and made a good play in the end zone, in the red zone. Uh, That's the only touchdown that Indiana really drove for. They got their other one after Ohio State muffed a punt late in the game, the 20-yard line, and they were able to punch that one in, I think, after that. But otherwise, uh, you know, Ohio State's defense really did a number on Indiana. Had four sacks, ten tackles for loss. And uh, played really well. Lathan Ransom, in particular, the safety, uh, had had an amazing game with uh, what, one and a half uh, sacks, and he blocked a punt uh, as well that set up a touchdown for the Buckeyes. So uh, he 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 played really well. Uh, you know, Ronnie Hickman at safety, I think, played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Hancock had to start at the other cornerback position, and and he came through it. I thought pretty good. So. Uh, you know, just hope that uh, Burke is able to get back there this week. Uh, it didn't seem like it was uh, going to be a, uh, a long-term injury. He was able to to uh, warm up before the game. He and Dewan Jones, the right tackle, who also missed the game, they tried to go through warm-ups but were not able to play. So that's just the, the way that that worked out. But uh, certainly, you know, I mean, you've got, you know, four or five positions here where maybe your number one guy 
is he available? And it's open to question, and, and you're going to need all hands on deck to expect to beat Michigan next week. Steve Hellwagon is our guest talking Ohio State football here on the Kenny and JT Show. And, Steve, last night's college football playoff rankings, uh, no changes in the top four, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU. In fact, uh, Tennessee, number five, they, they all stayed uh, the same right there. Question for you and with other media members that you've talked about, uh, if Ohio State and Michigan both enter next week's game 11-0, and and it's a close game, maybe a field goal uh, decides the difference between who goes to the Big Ten t- championship game and who loses, uh, do you think there's a possibility that two teams from the Big Ten could still end up playing in the college football playoff, depending on what happens with uh, TCU, Tennessee, and LSU? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm not sure Tennessee has a game that they're going to probably lose. I mean, I think they play uh, maybe uh, Vanderbilt and uh, South Carolina here at the end, so they're probably back okay. on their way into an 11-1 record. Uh, I would say TCU uh, still has some tough games remaining. I think it's Baylor this week and obviously the uh, Big 12 championship. I think there's still four or five teams that are fighting uh, for that other spot in the Big 12 championship. I think they've already clinched their spot in the in the championship game. And so they have three games left that they have to win to get to 13-0. Otherwise, they're, they're probably going to be on the outside looking in. Um, so it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to answer it because there's so many hypotheticals involved, but I think there is a, a slight chance the Big Ten could get to. Uh, you know, what happens if USC, which uh, was right there, I think, as well at uh, six or seven, if or maybe seven, if they uh, go yeah. 12 and one, do they get in there? Uh, LSU, uh, do they kind of nose their way in there by winning out and beating upsetting Georgia in SEC championship game? If that happens, does Georgia get an extra spot? You know, it just there are just so many different uh, permutations out there right now. You just it, it's hard to say, but. Uh, I think there's a, a decent enough chance of it. I think that the, the records for both these teams have been uh, discussed, and, and I think that they've shown. They've dominated the games that they've played, both these teams, all season long uh, for the most part. And I, I think that there's a case that could be made for it, but uh, both of them strong offensively and defensively. They're not one-dimensional, like Tennessee is maybe only a great offensive team, but maybe not such a great uh, defensive team, and, and, and some of the other ones as well. But, I mean, you can poke hole in it, holes in everybody's resume. I think it hurts right. Michigan a little bit that Illinois has fallen off. That's who they're playing this week. Had Illinois been a ranked team when they played, and, uh, you know, 8-2 and two instead of 6-4, and four, and maybe that would have looked a little bit better. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. People want to want to poke a hole in your resume. They'll find a hole if they want. Ohio State's kind of kind of got one that's almost uh, poke holdable proof, really, when you look at it, because <laughs> they are top ten offense and defense. So, you know, if you're looking for a complete team, you have to look start with the one in Columbus and then go out from there. What about the thought? And it came from Desmond Howard, but not just Desmond Howard. Elsewhere, too, that the Buckeyes schedule. you And I know they played who was on their schedule, but who was on their schedule, not very good this year outside of Penn State. Uh, you know, Notre Dame has come on as of late, okay, um, but not the toughest schedule out there. Do you, do you think that's something that could uh, hurt the Buckeyes should they fall to, to Michigan, and that would be a reason that they would keep them out uh, ahead of uh, Tennessee, who has a tougher schedule uh, with uh, one loss as well? 
Well, I think that's that's a that's a good question. I think you 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 solve that obviously by winning out and putting yourself in. But uh, yep. to the, back to the question of if you were to lose a game, what would happen then? You, you know, that's the peril of losing a game of the fourteen playoff. You now have to throw yourself on the mercy of the committee to to say, does this team deserve to be in? Did they did they prove it? Again, uh, right now, Ohio State's schedule, I think, is in the top 25 for the season, however they weigh it. I don't think Michigan's is up there. I think they're more in the 70s and 80s, something like that. And, again, all that's a function of the records of the teams that you played and the teams that they've beaten and, and everything else. And uh, So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think Notre Dame winning some games has helped, but I think that right. only helps to a certain point because now Notre Dame's got to go on the road play USC in a week, and, and we'll see if they're able to hold up against them. Uh, a top-ten team on the road, we'll see if they're able to upset them. If they get to 9-3, and three, then that's a tremendous feather in Ohio State's cap. But, uh, I mean, Penn State's got the potential to end up 10-2 and two as well. So Michigan would be 11-1 and one or whatever whatever they would be, or 12-0, and 0, I guess, if they were to beat Ohio State. So I don't know. I look at it that, uh, again, all you can do in college football is play the teams on your schedule and, um, you know, I think you have to go out and show it every week. I think in terms of game control dominance, if you've watched Ohio State play many of these games, they've been up on these teams four, five, six touchdowns and, and had things uh, pretty much under control week in and week out. Yeah, the only reason I bring that up in looking at the schedules, Tennessee's played six ranked teams, Ohio State's played two, Michigan's only played one. Uh, you know, and then they're going to play each other, so add another one for Ohio State and Michigan. So uh, that's that's the reason I bring that up, Steve. What about Heisman Trophy? Uh, odds right now after a poor performance at Northwestern because of the elements. Uh, he bounces back and is Big Ten Player of the Week. I'm talking about quarterback C.J. Stroud. Five touchdowns and almost 300 yards passing last week. Has he reclaimed the top spot heading into these final two weeks of the regular season for the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, I think you're in a position where it's his to lose. I mean, if they were to go into a Michigan game and not play really well and he not play well individually, although he threw for almost 400 yards, I think, last year against Michigan in that loss, uh, you know, it, it didn't help his cause, certainly for them to lose the game. Um, again, I honestly have not been studying who else out there, out there is right there. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee is obviously Yeah, Hooker's right there, there and – and Blake Corum, uh, the running back. I'll give you right, a guy. From, I'll give you another guy uh, that should be up there. there. I'll give you a guy Luke. that should be probably invited. Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> yeah, he's the number one receiver in the country. He made three amazing catches last week. He adjusted on the sideline and uh, twisted his body to catch one ball. Uh, he got his foot down in bounds going toward the Indiana sideline on, on that pass. Everyone's got the still frame of his his body contorted and his foot somehow sticking to the turf while the rest of his body is driven out of bounds by the Indiana receiver. And uh, then his touchdown, he got behind the defense 58 yards, longest touchdown he's ever caught was four or five yards behind the defense on a great double move and uh, showed that uh, put it away speed on that one. So yeah, three great catches, more catches from him last week. And, uh, We'll see if uh, they can light up the skies over uh, the Maryland Stadium this week and put up a big number out there. And and uh, the two of those guys, maybe they both go to New York. I don't right. know. You don't want to split the vote. <laughs> right, much. right. But, it would uh, be nice. One, I, one of them at number one on your ballot, the other one at number three, That that's uh, 
we had that conundrum with uh, Fields and Young a couple of years ago, right. and uh, I actually had Young number one on my ballot, and then uh, mm-hmm. Fields probably third that year. But uh, you know, hard to say. It uh, it's it's somewhat of a popularity contest, and I, I think that uh, what we've seen, you know, at different years is. The, the player on the best team can sometimes steal it if they make a, a big play or have a big win at the end of the season. But uh, Stroud, I, I don't know who else has outperformed mm-hmm. him to this point. Uh, that's, that's to be sure. Well, the good news is this. If Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't in the, the, the uh, conversation for Heisman, I think it's a hands-on favorite. He's going to get the Bolitnikoff. What about Tommy Eichenberg for the butt-kiss ward? I know we're not talking postseason awards right now, but – Eichenberg's been a pretty decent mainstay on that defense. What are your thoughts? Oh, I agree, hundred um, percent. You know, I didn't really think a whole lot about it, but then I looked down at the stat sheet, and he had nine tackles and three tackles for loss this past week. Three times he tackled the ball carrier behind the line of scrimmage, and, and none of them were sacks, but uh, he hit the ball carrier. You know, three times behind the line of scrimmage, and that's. Uh, just another outstanding game for him. And he's just stacked one game on top of another. I, I referenced this. There was the one play against Penn State where he hit the running back in the backfield and the back kind of spun forward and scored the touchdown on that fourth and goal play. But, uh, you know, he, he was in the right place. He just didn't finish the play. Other than that, I can't really imagine a scenario this season where I've said, my goodness, what's Tommy Eichenberg doing there, you know? We haven't had those moments, and moreover, he's having the best season of any Ohio State linebacker, uh, maybe back to Raekwon McMillan or maybe back to Ryan Shazier, you know, almost a decade ago. And uh, I think it was reported he's got um, as many tackles for loss at this point uh, back to uh, may have been Shazier who played earlier in the decade. And if he has a few more, it'll, it'll be the most by an Ohio State linebacker all the way back to Matt Wilhelm wow. 20 years ago on their national championship team. So uh, more than Laurinaitis, more than uh, a lot of these other guys who did win some of these major awards and were all Americans. So uh, he's having that kind of year, no doubt about it. Thank you, Jim yeah. Knowles, for giving us a linebacker that's allowed to blitz once in a while. Yeah, a little change in the philosophy and using what he has at his disposal, and uh, they're doing well. And good to see, uh, after a big week by JT Tuomaloau a couple of weeks ago, that uh, this past week it was Jack Sawyer finally showing up in, in the backfield and, and creating some havoc, getting a sack or a sack and a half, whatever it was, Steve. Yeah, no doubt. Jack Sawyer's got all the ability in the world, and they've kind of carved out this niche for him where – his job is to just go wreak havoc on every play uh, the best way that he can. I think he's starting to find some ways to actually do it. So, you know, yeah. that's uh, taking him a couple games to get into the flow with that. But I do like where he's at right now. No doubt about it. He is really coming on at the right time. And we had a chance to interview him after the game. If you get a chance, go to our site and look up our game story and watch that interview. He's the most earnest, hardworking kid. And I can remember watching him as a sophomore in high school playing basketball. And he kind of looked like this scrawny kid. He ain't no scrawny kid anymore. He looks like he's about <laughs> ready to audition for the uh, the National Football League. He's getting that kind of look to him, you know, that thickness and that, uh, yep. you know, that look that you just say, oh, this guy's, you know, a football player. And uh, I'm interested to see what uh, what he and Tui Malowal can do next year. You know, not to put the the cart before the horse. Let's don't wish this season away just yet. But uh, they they're going to be something special with another year in the off season program. I think. 
No doubt. Hey, Steve, we appreciate the time and the insight. As always, have a safe trip to Maryland. Enjoy that, and then we'll talk to you again next week before the big game, all right? All right, guys. Take care. Steve Hellwagon. Follow him on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon. Bucknuts.com. Ohio State beat reporter does a fantastic job. Been doing it for over 30 years covering the Buckeyes.